We are back in 1 John. We're in 1 John part 8. We are nearing the end of the series. And as we get into it, I have emphasized that 1 John is a book based on love. Right? The book of 1 John is a book based on love. The Apostle John is consistent in his letter to the church that he loves them and that God loves them. Say, God loves me. Right? God loves you and God loves me, but he loves me the most. Amen? I'm his favorite. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm his favorite. Gary's like, no, that's not true. Listen, you're his favorite too. Amen? How many, how many, parent, how many parents have multiple children? Right? And you say, I love all my children equally. Right? You know that's not true. You know there's... <laughs> You know, there's some you relate to better than others. Listen, God loves us all. We're all his favorites, amen? Because God is love. Say, God is love. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you so much this morning that we get to come into your word. We get to come into your, into your presence with thanksgiving this morning. Lord, we get to come and study and, and take in and take part. Lord, I pray that we would have ears to hear this morning and eyes to see. Lord, as we have some fun this morning and we get into your message and, and what it is you're trying to teach us through your holy presence, Lord, that we would not just take it and keep it to ourselves, but we would let our light shine. This morning and beyond, let our light shine, the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, uh, Carter, he's not here now. Uh, he went to children's ministry. It's his birthday, so if you see him, tell him happy birthday. Amen? Why don't you, hey, everybody stand up this morning. What's going on? Everybody stand up this morning. Come on, lift your hands in the air. Come on, just wait. Just get loose a little bit. Everybody just, just shake off the negative, right? <laughs> Lord, listen, as long as your hands, everybody put your hands up in the air. Come on. Everybody together, just Lord, as long as our hands in the air, we're going to praise you. Amen? As long as our hands in the air, we, can, we have joy this morning. You say, I don't feel like I have joy this morning. Get some joy this morning. Amen? All right, you can put your hands down. Bunch of grumpy people, Mike. I don't know what we're going to do. How many are going to wish Carter a happy birthday this morning? He's not here right now. See, it will do it when you see him. <laughs> oh, last week, we focused on the first part of chapter four. How many remember last week? A few? Ish, maybe, no. It's on podcast right now, so you can listen to it. Last week, we focused on the first part of chapter 4. We saw the importance of the authority of the Word of God. One of the things that we miss out a lot of in our Christian principles in modern-day Christianity is the importance of the Word of God, the authority of God's Word. Then we looked at the role of the shepherd in both guidance and correction. How many remember that? Guidance and correction. Gary, sometimes the shepherd has to guide the sheep, and sometimes he has to beat the sheep, right? Gary's like, oh, I don't think so. No, we said it jokingly. I was only joking because, of course, I was being facetious about it. But listen, the thing is, there's sometimes where the pastor has to correct. We don't ever want to beat the sheep, right, Gary? Gary, right? Amen. What, what's that? Nurture. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... When you spank your child, you're nurturing them. Amen. Uh, pastors, listen, 
Pastors are called to operate out of love, right? Hey, listen, Christians are called to operate out of love. Amen? Because, let's say this with me, say, God is love. John is giving the church direction and correction throughout this book, but it's always underlined by love. So we begin today with 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, with this teaching. It says this, Beloved, let us love one another. Say, love one another. Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love, listen to this, does not know God, because God is love. Say, God is love. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. If there is any indicator of our faith and how deeply we are connected to God, it is shown in how we love each other. Why? Because love is from God. If we don't love each other, we're lost. We are broken. Jesus said this in Matthew, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Right? He said, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. How many know it? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The Christian life should be rooted in love. This morning, we're going to dive into the fact first that God is love, right? And that God wants us to love one another. And in doing so, we must also look at why it seems that many times we act as if we don't love one another. I don't know about you, but just for me, I grew up in church where we would have to go to services maybe three or more times a week. And that was on a regular basis. So sometimes we, had, we, had, we always had Sunday morning. We had Sunday night. Then we had Wednesday night. Then if it was a revival, we had Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. Right? Come on. I mean, there was times where we, just, we were in church sometimes every night of the week. And you say, Pastor Dave, you didn't, get, didn't that get old? And I'd say, no, because our church wasn't dead. It was alive. Amen. It's not boring. It shouldn't be boring to come to church. If you're going to a boring church, there's either something wrong with you or there's something wrong with the church. Amen? We want to be alive and joyful and glorious and full of the power and presence of God. But how many know that sometimes, you know, most of the time we go to church and, man, there's loving and godly people there. Look at this church. There's loving and godly people here. Right? But sometimes I would encounter someone who claimed Christ, who came to church, who claimed to love the church, but for some reason were just mean. How many ever met a mean Christian? Don't all jump up at once. How many ever met just a mean Christian? I mean, by mean, I mean, what does that mean? What do you mean by mean? I mean rude, arrogant, snobbish, angry. How many... Oh, how many ever been condescend? How many ever met a really condescending Christian? Right? I have, and listen, I've met people who call themselves Christian, and I meet with them, and when I leave, the only thing the only thing that's in my mind is, man, what a jerk. Have you ever been there? Let's honesty moment. Have you ever met somebody like that? Right? Even more honesty moment. Have you ever been someone like that? Come on. Even more honesty moment, right? Listen, the truth is, many times, even the best of us have off days, right? 
Even the very best of us, we, we wake up on the wrong side of the bed. We didn't get much of sleep, uh, get as much sleep as we wanted or as we needed. And so something happened that put us in a funk, right? It put us in a weird mindset. And when we interacted with somebody, we didn't respond as a Christian should respond. Right, Jocelyn? She said, don't, Dad, don't talk to me. We've all had those days, right? Our hope is that if people know us, they know we're not really like that all the time, and they respond to us with the same grace and mercy where they're hoping we respond to them with sometimes, right? And so we want to respond to people with grace and mercy. That's not the, how many know the mean Christians that I talk about, and I say quote-unquote, because, uh, listen, these are people that just aren't having a bad day. They're not having just a bad day or a bad moment. Rather, it seems like every encounter you have with them is negative. Every, anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Is it just me? No? Give me a nod. Give me a shake. Give me something. Carol, do you know what I'm talking about this morning? Carol's like, oh, yeah, I know. Listen, they seem to have no joy. They speak with anger. They cause friction and drama wherever they go. It looks like they are always just sucking on a sour pickle. You know what I'm talking about? Say that that sounds weird, Pastor David. You ever you ever take you ever take a bite out of a sour pickle and your face all puckers up? Mike? Maybe a lemon. Okay, sucking on a lemon. Let's not talk about this anymore, Mike. This is good. Sucking on a lemon. That works better. Thank you for the analogy. Okay, doll. If you would stand this morning. Okay, doll, come here. Kay Doll is one of the sweetest and nicest ladies that I know, right? She's, she's one of the sweetest and, nice and nicest Christian ladies that I know. If there was going to be a scale from mean Christian to nice Christian, Kay, right, Jeff? Jeff knows. Je- uh, Jeff, uh, yeah. Kay would be all the way on the scale of nice Christian, right? Kay, thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. On the other hand, Carol. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Carol said, Carol knew I was going to call Kay out. No, I'm just kidding. Not Carol. Listen, the truth is this. Listen, I want you to hear this clearly. The truth is that John shares with us two, two things. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. The reason I put mean Christians in quotes or air quotes is because according to John, anyone who does not love does not know God. And even though they may refer to themselves as Christian, we can know by their contentious and unrelenting behavior that they clearly are not followers of Christ. There are some times in our life where we meet people who call themselves Christian and we have to be discerning. This whole, this, a lot of this message is about, yes, we want to have love for people and God is love, but we have to be discerning as Christians between those who say they love the Lord and those who clearly do. Now, let me say this, just so we're clear, just for clarity's sake. And, and I, of course, I was joking with Carol a little bit. I have not based this sermon in or around any particular person in this church. Amen? Amen. I don't have the time for that. Listen, in fact, when I considered the people of this church, 
it would be difficult for me to put anybody in the category of mean Christian. Isn't that right, Gary? Yeah, the, the people in this church, it seems like you love the Lord, you love each other. Sometimes there's contention. It's just how it goes. But that's for me, it would be difficult to put anybody in that category. For me, I would say we're all working in the faith together. Amen? Sometimes we're perfect. Sometimes we're not. Most often not, right? And so we show grace and love to each other. When I think of all the sweet people, I think Bonnie walked in this morning. But when Bonnie walked in this morning, I thought, oh, good, Bonnie's here. Because Bonnie is just someone who's full of joy. When I see Bonnie, I think of a sweet Christian, just like when I see Kay. When I, he's not here this morning, but when I see Bob Williams, how many know? You see Bob Williams, it's just, that's just a guy that loves the Lord and loves people around him, right? There are certain people that, that I just, you think, man, they're just sweet people. They just love the Lord. And you say, Pastor David, you didn't call on me. Does that mean that I'm not sweet? No, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean I don't have enough time to list everybody that's here, right? Let's just say you're all sweet. Amen? Close enough, Mike. Close enough. Carrie Jurdy's not here this morning, but Carrie Jurdy, she's like a ray of sunshine wherever she goes, right? She just says she makes me laugh. She just, she smiles. It's just, just a ray of sunshine. John tells us that God is love because the truth is this. We should want to be known by our love for God and for each other. Amen? If you're a Christian, you should want to be known as someone who loves the Lord and loves his neighbor. It should be a hallmark of our testimony that we love God and we love each other. We're not always perfect in it. We're not always excellent at it. But we're going through this together. He then gives us an example of God's love. John gives us an example in verse 9. It says this, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Listen carefully. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son for us to be the propitiation for our sins. Not that we first loved him, but that he first loved us. We can't talk about the love of God without having an understanding of Christ. We just can't. You can't talk about the love of God without understanding Christ. The love of God was made manifest. What that means is it was made real to us in Christ. The love of God was made real to us in Christ. John says this, this is the example you have. This is love. Jesus, what he did, he is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent Jesus to be the propitiation for our sins. I've talked about this a few times in the last few months. That propitiation means he took our punishment for us. He took on the punishment that was ours. He traded places with us who are deserving of God's wrath and placed it on himself who was the innocent, sinless lamb. Amen? Amen? Get some joy this morning. Amen? Come on. Romans 5.8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
How many are so glad to know there was nothing I could do to earn or deserve it? That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's the ultimate demonstration of love that we in no way, we in no way had any rights to righteousness. We had no rights to righteousness. It's only by the blood of Jesus. Amen? It is only by the blood of the Lamb. In seeing this example and the demonstration of the love of God, John lovingly directs us to show that same love to each other. It says this in verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Look to your neighbor. Say, I love you. Look to your other neighbor. Say, I love you. <laughs> some of y'all need to learn some love this morning. Look at, look at your neighbor. Give him some googly eyes this morning. Not anything weird. Come on. Unless you're husband and wife. I love you guys. Listen. Oh, there's Ella. Ella. I love you. Oh, and she smiled. <laughs> She's like the cutest little kid right now. Oh, my goodness. Listen, the thing is this. We, have, we are called to love one another. We're not called to be in contention with one another. We're not called to fight with one another. We're not called to be angry with one another. We're not called to be, you know, I mean, sometimes there's rivalries between people, right? We're not called to any of those things. We're called to love one another. And then John says this, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. The love that we have for each other should be the same sacrificial love that Christ had for us. The love that we have for each other should be the same. This mindset, by the way, we're going to get into what does John mean when he says no one has ever seen God we're going to get into that in just a minute. Excuse me. The love that we have for each other should be the same sacrificial love, right? Listen, when you have this mindset, when you start to have this mindset in your life of we're called to love one another, we're called to be sacrificial for one another. When you start to have this mindset in your life, I promise you, it will, listen, it's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. At times, you may feel overused and underappreciated, but you will be a reflection of Christ to those around you. I promise you, I promise you that this mindset will bring joy and fulfillment to the relationships in your life. This mindset of sacrificial love will bring joy and fulfillment. Listen, this is the kind of love that will save friendships. This is the kind of love that will save marriages. Sacrificial love. In case you're not aware, uh, when you get married, some guys aren't married here yet, when you get married, mostly it is about sacrifice. Right? Matt, right? I don't, I don't like those curtains. That's all right. I like those curtains. Well, all right. Whatever. God bless you. It's compromise, right, honey? I don't, like those, I don't like those blankets on the bed. That's okay. I like those blankets on the bed. Okay, it's compromise. I don't think you should buy a speedboat. Well, I want to buy a speedboat. Not so much compromise, honey. Okay. 
we grow up with different we grow up with different backgrounds and different appreciations and different tastes and sometimes even different language. I say some things funny in my in my uh, what do they call it uh, accent? I guess is the way that people would say it. And then I hear my wife say some things that are funny from from her accent, from Pennsylvania accent. And then there's other people who say other things. And I was just like, okay, we can. We can we can have fun with those things, but we don't want to be mean or, or angry. Right, honey? We love each other, right? God bless you. Uh, I, just, I always say, uh, I go to the diner. What do I order? A bagel. So I would say, I'd say I want a bagel with cream cheese. And she, exactly, people are looking at me right now saying, saying what in the world is a bagel? And then they say, bagel. I go, oh, whatever. I still said it the same way. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird thing. So I grew up just always saying that. My family looks at me weird when I say that. My own family from Michigan goes, that's not how we say it. They don't think I pronounce our last name correctly. I'm not kidding. But you know what? When I meet with them, when I see them, when, when something comes up in our, in our marriage or in our life and we go, sometimes we're just deferential to each other. Sometimes we just, we just go, you know what, it's, it's really not that big a deal. We might make a big deal out of it. It might seem like a big deal. It might seem like a big deal about the curtains. It might seem like a big deal that, you know, you went and bought a jet ski or whatever without telling me. Uh, it might seem like a big deal, right, Doug? Uh, listen, in the, in, the, in the scheme of things, we are called to be sacrificial for each other. We're called to be sacrificial for each other. We're called to love each other. We're called to pray for each other. We're called to be Christ to each other. John here, uh, this is interesting. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. John speaks an interesting truth here about God. When he's referring to no one has ever seen God, he's not referring to Christ. He's referring to God the Father. In the Old Testament, some people were allowed to see parts of God but never the whole of God. It would kill them, right? And so when John speaks about this, he says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God the Spirit will abide in us, will live in us, and the love of God will be perfected in us, right? And so he says this in verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his Spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If you look carefully there, you will see another affirmation of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. God the Father sent his Son who is Jesus, and whoever confesses Jesus has the Spirit of God living in him. Verse 16 says this, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Say, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. What is it? Whoever abides in God, whoever lives in God, lives in love. Isn't, is, doesn't always have the look of a sour lemon on their face, right, Mike? Or a pickle. Whoever abides in love 
abides in God and God abides in him. There's an encouragement from here from John about the love of God. I want to read this commentary. Uh, some people respond to the love of God differently. Some respond with a sense of self-superiority. I'm so great, even God loves me. How many know some people like that? Don't all raise your hands at once. It's okay. I'm so great, even God loves me. Some respond with doubt. Here's a big one. How can God love me? This is a big one. This is a big issue in the church today. How can God love me? So they respond with doubt. Some respond with wickedness. God loves me so I can do what I want. Hmm. God wants us to respond by knowing, by experience, and believing the love God has for us. Listen, we acknowledge the love of God with joy and with happiness, but how many know we also acknowledge it with humility and with honor? We want to acknowledge the love of God with humility and honor. It's humbling to know that as many times as I have failed, God still loves me. It's humbling to know that as many times as I've messed up, that God still loves me. I approach him with humility, but also I approach him with confidence. You say, well, wait a minute, Pastor David. How can you approach him with humility and with confidence? That sounds strange. My humility is based on my faults, but my confidence is based on his goodness. Amen? Somebody understand what I'm saying this morning. My humility is based on me. My confidence is based on him. Amen? My humility is based on me. My confidence is based on him. Verse 17 says this, By this love perfected in us, so that we may have confidence. Say confidence. For the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we, in this world. This is the love of God perfected. Paul tells us this in Romans 8. He says, for I am sure, listen to this carefully, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Nothing can separate us from the love of God, regardless of your past, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your education or experience. Nothing can separate us from his love. When we gain an understanding of the truth of God's love, we aren't always going to walk down with our walk around with our heads down. Just this woe is me. Life is always picking on me. Why is, why is something always going wrong with me? It's, it's, you, ever meet, you ever see Charlie Brown? He's just like that. Oh, it, someone's always picking on me. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. We can come in confidence knowing that God is good and God is gracious and he's merciful and there's nothing that can separate us from his love. This is where we find confidence this morning. Not in ourselves, but we let God perfect in us, which we cannot perfect in ourselves. We let God perfect in us that which we cannot perfect in ourselves. His love is perfect, and when we abide in him, he abides in us. That perfect love can do amazing things. 
Here's what he says. He says, when the day of judgment comes, when that day of judgment comes, listen, at some point there will be a day of judgment. Amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? At some point there will be a day of judgment, but we will not have to wonder where we're going to spend eternity. We will not have to wonder whether we're going to be in heaven or be in hell. We will not have to wonder if we were enough right? We can have confidence in knowing that Christ is enough because it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with him. Amen? Verse 18 says this. I love this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Fear has to do with punishment. Fear has to do with with, on that day of judgment. John is speaking to his brothers and sisters in the faith, and he tells them this. Listen, (laughs) there will be a day when God separates the righteous from the unrighteous. Those who are in Christ, those who abide in Christ, they will have no fear of punishment. However, those who reject Christ and reject his love, they will be shaking with fear. They will be shaking with fear. John is speaking to his brothers and sisters in the Lord. His brothers and sisters, he says, they're going to be shaking in fear. Oh, let's see here. Our love for each other is only found in Christ. He ends chapter 4 in this way. In verse 19, it says this. We love... Because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he, who he cannot see. There's an interesting principle here. You say, well, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. If you claim to love God and hate your brother, John says you're a liar. He says, you're a liar. You can't claim to love God and hate your brother. Your brother you can see, but you hate him. God you can't see, but you claim to love him. There's no truth there. So John says, listen, you can't claim to love God, but hate your brother. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the commandment we have from him. And this is the way 1 John chapter 4 ends. If you'll stand with me this morning. This is the way 1 John chapter 4 ends. He says, and this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. He's referring, he, now keep in mind a few things. John is speaking to the church. John is speaking to brothers and sisters in the faith. So when we look at brothers and sisters in the faith and go, do I love you? Have I shown love for you? Have I shown sacrificial love for you? Or do we say we hate you? Can't stand you. Don't want to be around you. Don't want to fellowship with you. John says you can't claim to love God but hate your brother. Whoever loves God 
must also love his brother. Can somebody say amen this morning? Let's pray. Lord, my prayer this morning is that the love of God would flow through us to those around us. Lord, that you would teach us what it is to be sacrificial in our love for each other. Lord, we are not perfect, but we are made perfect by your blood. And so your love is perfected in us. Lord, I pray for those who are here this morning. That with every person they encounter, with every fellow believer that they encounter, they would think, how can I be more sacrificial? What can I do to make their day better? What can I do to give them encouragement? What can I do to let them know that I love them and that God loves them? Lord, let let that be our mindset in this church. Let that be our mindset in this ministry. Let let us be known by our love for God and our love for each other. Lord, I pray over those who are here this morning. I pray that you would bless them and keep them. Lord, that you would cause your face to shine down upon them. And Lord, that you would give us rest. We thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.